listeners, and welcome to another episode of Blessed Are the Binary Breakers. It's me, your host, Avery Smith. And before I introduce this week's interviewee, I just want to say, if you have been listening to this show, thank you. I really hope that it's been an enriching experience for you, and I would love to get some feedback on how it's going. Whether anyone who has been on the show has said something that really resonated with you, or if there's something that I could be doing as the interviewer and the editor to improve your listening experience, I would love to hear about it. After all, I'm making this show with the hope that Various people of all different faith backgrounds and all different genders, cis and trans, non-binary and binary genders, will get something out of it. will realize that the world is so diverse. People's experiences with faith and gender are so varied. So yeah, if this show is meaningful to you, let me hear about it. Thanks so much for being part of this journey with me and all the folks who have appeared on the show so far. And you can give me that feedback at queerlychristian36 at gmail.com. And now, let's get into the interview. This week's interview is with Phoenix. They are currently in a state of flux with both their gender and their faith. Um, They have been trying on different labels for their gender, and exploring different faith options. They grew up Catholic, have been into witchcraft since they were 12 or 13, and have also looked into so many other different faith backgrounds from Judaism to Buddhism. For the first minute or two, there is a little bit of, um, you'll hear a little bit of like microphone feedback. Um, Just hang in there for the first minute or two and that goes away and the rest of the audio is a lot smoother. Thanks so much for your patience as I figure out how exactly the whole recording thing works, since I'm still pretty new at this. Let's get into the interview. So, Phoenix, do you have anything just for starters, what you want listeners to know right off the bat? Um, so I am 30 years old. I have been practicing witchcraft for about 12 years, I think. Wait, no, no, I was 12 years old, so 18 years. Sorry, I can't math. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, 18 years. Yeah, my gender is questioning, I guess. Mm -hmm. I was assigned a female at birth, and I sometimes identify as such, but sometimes I feel more agender. Okay. So... I think the closest thing I was able to find on Tumblr was gender flux. So I think that's, I guess, what I am. But um, sometimes I just put Mm non-binary. And I'm also very strongly identify as bisexual. Yeah, that's that's a label I think I'm much more sure of Mm -hmm. and fought very hard and not fought, um, have advocated for. Mm-hmm. more in the bisexual community, especially when it comes to how to define bisexuality. Um, also, I am going to school to be a therapist or um, counselor is usually what they push us to use as a term. I recent, recently did uh, the National Counselor's Exam and passed, so I'm very oh. happy about that. Yeah, congrats. 
thank you. And all I really need is to graduate and get my master's, and then I can officially call myself a national certified counselor. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, thank um, you. I, I've done all my classes. I'm just trying to get enough money to go back. Yeah. What drew you to counseling? Um, well, when I was little, I got really, really sick. Um, physically, I mean, like a stomach virus that um, actually put me in the hospital for about a week. So because of that, my experience, I was diagnosed with having a phobia. I was then diagnosed with um, obsessive compulsive disorder and generalized anxiety, and then later with depression. But um, I've received a lot of counseling, both in childhood and teen years, and even into adulthood, even now. And um, it's helped me a lot. And just to know I can give back to another child or to another adult is kind of what I want to do. I think a lot of people who are counselors and therapists actually do have either from their own experience or family mm-hmm. with mental health. Mm-hmm. And I think that's usually what drives us to the field of counseling. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I always love also like, I just love hearing about counselors, therapists who are LGBT just because as an LGBT, like as a queer person, I find it really hard to, um, find counselors who know how to help me and like mm-hmm. don't kind of hurt me instead by like you know constant misgendering or whatever in the process exactly mm-hmm. it's like we have a sense of empathy so we're less likely to either misgender people or be um like cis heteronormative yeah in our way yeah. of thinking or just like act like you don't believe someone or like try uh-huh. to keep them. Yeah. And that actually just reminded me of an experience that actually did re- really trigger me. Mm. Um, it was in uh, one of my classes. Um, we had like a case presentation in which a person, what the, the case presentation, the character was uh, bisexual. Mm-hmm. And we were going over. I guess different things throughout the case study that we thought was important. I highlighted the bisexuality because as a queer person or a bisexual person, they are more likely to experience mental health issues and even violence Mm -hmm. based on the fact that they're bisexual. So I said that was important to know. And another person in my class also said bisexuality, but they said that this person may have a history of, um, and trigger warning for this, um, sexual violence against them. And that's what made mm-hmm. them bisexual. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And I got really, oh, wow. really angry at that. Yeah. That's not fair to people who have experienced that kind of assault. Exactly. And it's not fair to people who haven't and are LGBT just because that's how we are. Exactly. And it made me really upset knowing that she's in the field. Yeah. She does come across somebody who is LGBTQ. Yeah. God forbid she's going to insinuate anything like that or trigger somebody else. Are you ready to sort of move into talking about, you know, what, for instance, you mentioned having done witchcraft since you were like 13. Mm -hmm. What what kind of witchcraft that is, what that means for you. Um, 
anything else like that. Sure. Um, so that to me in the beginning meant trying to figure out any kind of tools I had at my disposal to kind of bring about kind of what I wanted to manifest, I guess. Um, and as a Christian at that time, I was on a lot of, um, sites from like, such as GeoCities back then when that was a thing. So there were like websites on GeoCities about like witchcraft and stuff. Cool. Mm-hmm. Actually, I remember one in particular was Zoe's Magical Garden. And when I went on the page, it would play um, from the movie Anastasia, Once Upon a December. Mm. But like, and I thought that was so it was so magical. Yeah. <laughs> but there was also Yahoo groups and such in like the early 2000s. And there was a lot of um, groups dedicated specifically to Christian witches because a lot of the witchcraft community and Wicca community did not like christian witches very much Mm. and on the flip side of the binary christians didn't like witches very much yeah Yeah. so it was kind of like stuck in the middle i feel like that's really similar to like bisexuality like in both Mm -hmm. cases you have both you're like people consider you like a weird in between (laughs) so you have the trouble witches don't like you christians don't like you yeah and then yeah straight people gay people everyone's just yeah Mm-hmm. And then even as like a, well, no, I was going to say like as a non-binary person, I'm neither male nor female. Yeah. Well, kind of like just that idea, like people are going to tell you that you can't. Exactly. Because people are thinking one. either or. Yeah. People say, you know, you got to pick one. It is binary and you can't be both or neither. You've got to pick. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So. I guess I would read those and research, um, try to find communities that I could, I guess, as a younger witch at that time, mm-hmm. learn from. And you said it was about sort of manifesting. What, can you describe that concept a little more? Sure. So the way a lot of people in the witchcraft community or witch blur on Tumblr uh-huh. is the community, as it's called, would say it's um, you have an intent And then you have, you can use tools to help you um, make your intention become reality. Kind of like putting it out into the universe. Yeah. But the way from my understanding that Christian witches usually do it is we're putting it out to God. But we're using Uh prayers with props is what we usually say. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. And that way we kind of look at spells as like prayers in a way. Yeah. Um, but we're adding in candles and incense and stuff <laughs> to make uh-huh. it um, fun. Yeah. Know. Tell me if this sounds bad, but I would say um, I consider myself, I'm like Presbyterian, but I also consider myself Catholic and like mm-hmm. grew up Catholic. And like, it reminds me of how, like, I know that I don't need a rosary or prayer cards to talk uh-huh. to God, but it feels like it helps. It really does feel like a tool. Is it, is it sort of similar to that? Yes. Okay. I would say it is, mm-hmm. 100%. And I've noticed a lot of Christian witches really gravitate more towards Catholicism. I've noticed And I think that. there's a good reason for that. Yeah, I feel like there's, I'm sure, like, the Vatican wouldn't say so, but I feel like there is a lot of similarities between Catholicism and some of that witchcraft stuff. Well, yeah, actually, in it- Italy... There's uh-huh. a lot of uh, Catholic folk magic, Benedicaria, something like that. Okay. But it's basically 
really, if you get down to it, Catholic folk magic. Uh huh. And it's something that um, even my aunt on my mother's side mm-hmm. um, did some things that I kind of recognize were <laughs> um, could be called witchcraft, depending uh-huh. on how you look at it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like invoking certain saints, but you had mm-hmm. to say a very specific chant. Oh, yeah. It. And yeah. it would involve eggs, like rolling eggs on the skin to kind of banish oh. negativity. Yeah. There's... And that was a way of healing. Yeah, there's a ton of that in like Latin America as well. Yes, I've, I've yeah. seen that as well. And there seems to be like a connection between Italian folk magic and um, yeah. Latin American folk magic, at least yeah. with eggs. <laughs> I remember in your email, you mentioned um, that you are into Irish paganism a lot. Is that yes. so what in what in that sort of draws you? So back in, I would say, 2000, maybe late 2015, early 2016, I started to question um, whether or not I wanted to be a Christian, uh-huh. uh, which I'm still to this day in early 2019 struggling with. Yeah, it's a constant back and forth, but mm-hmm. I went to uh, a synagogue, a Jewish synagogue first, mm-hmm. studied there uh, for maybe about 10, 10 to 12 months or so mm-hmm. um, for various reasons. It just that didn't work out. Um, and I think next I went to various forms of paganism in which I think I tried Hellenic, like the Greek gods. Mm-hmm. Um, Canaanite I think I landed on Irish mm-hmm. and I felt more of a connection with um, the gods of mm-hmm. Irish paganism specifically Fleet Ash uh, Bridget oh my gosh yeah which you would recognize as Saint Bridget <laughs> yeah and that's oh wow I know nothing about um, Irish beliefs prior to when Christianity came to the island, but mm-hmm. like the only link I have is Saint Bridget having been a priestess of the goddess Bridget. Bridget so, yeah, it it seems that a lot of um, people think that stories of Saint Bridget mm-hmm. likely are enmeshed with the older stories of Bridget the goddess. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, which I I don't know. I I guess I'm kind of also trying to fall onto like a Christo pagan. Mm-hmm. Um, belief scale right now, and that kind of works out for me. Bridget as like, well, Irish Irish paganism is a little complicated because a lot of Irish people today will view them as the fair folk, or um, yeah. what we would know over here as fairies. Mm-hmm. But their idea of fairies is much much different than how we view fairies. They're uh-huh. more mythological not you know little small creatures but kind of like uh, they can walk amongst us and look like humans but um, they're not us okay so they're not like little tiny women with wings yeah, yeah you know yeah so um i think right now if i were to become christo pagan mm-hmm. i think that's how i would more view it like less as them as gods and more of them as the fair folk which people in ireland kind of view them as now but there's a few others that I I associate with, like the Morrigan. I don't know if you know her or her story as a warrior goddess. She's another one. Lu, um, the, the god named after Lunasad, you may know as Lamas. Yeah. Because I think uh, Christianity kind of also co-opted Lamas 
sure. it made it its own thing. Yeah, and a few other um, Irish beings, I guess, I, I yeah. got close to as a pagan. Yeah. What does mm-hmm. that closeness, how does that work for you? Like, is it just in studying their stories? Do you communicate with them? How does that work for you? So I would, yes, study their stories. Um, Mm -hmm. That's an important aspect of being a pagan because that's kind of what we have Mm -hmm. um, of the gods is um, the mythos that people long ago wrote down or told traditionally via oral communication. But also a part of it is praying, just like a Christian would do. Um, But something different is offerings, I noticed. Um, you know more modern people who worship the god of abraham christians jewish people muslims um don't provide offerings anymore Mm -hmm. um but pagans often do so that that's a difference so if we felt like we are connected with a god or goddess we um provide some kind of like thank you to them or some kind of um showing of appreciation via candles or um, wine or some kind of alcohol Mm -hmm. or incense stuff like that cool so this might be a weird question um do you feel like your gender or your sexuality play at all into how you seek out since you're in this questioning state for your religion is part of what you're looking for is somewhere that feels like it fits with your gender and sexuality at all I think that was part of why I left Christianity. Even now, sometimes I'm just like, I don't want to deal with it. Mm-hmm. So I sometimes I come back and then for whatever reason, either I just I'm questioning God or I'm questioning how I fit into Christianity. Uh-huh. I guess if that makes sense. Yeah. Can cause me to leave mm-hmm. again. It's like a back and forth. Yeah. Mm hmm. So what when you do kind of come back to Christianity, what, what is it that brings you back? I don't know. It just feels like a calling to come back. Like, like when I think about, because I, I, ra- I was raised Catholic. Okay. And I really, really like the Catholic style of Mass. Yeah. So right now I'm kind of going back and forth between an Episcopalian, very high, very, very high um, <laughs> Anglo-Catholic church here in philadelphia Uh called saint mark's um i'm going back and forth between that and the unitarian universalist church but Uh um yeah every time i'm there at saint mark's i i love the style of the mass i feel very connected Mm -hmm. with god during that time but then i feel like when i'm outside of the church and i see very evangelical christians represented in the media usually spouting hate towards lgbt people i'm like i don't want to associate with them yeah so it's not even about god and my sexuality and gender Mm -hmm. it's kind of more christians and my sexuality and gender i feel that because sometimes i like especially if i'm hanging out with a group of lgbt folks who i know aren't christian i sometimes get kind of like I feel embarrassed to say I'm a Christian, just that too, because it's Um, tainted. It's really been co-opted by hateful people. Yeah. It's kind of almost embarrassing to say I'm a Christian to anybody. Yeah. And 
it, yeah. it's not it's, for me at least i don't know do you agree like it's not the idea like that i'm following christ that embarrasses me it's the idea that i'm associated with those more hateful christians homophobic mm-hmm. christians that In- entirely that yes I will talk to my friends, um, Emily, Maddie, and Jordan are two, three of my best friends. And we will talk all the time about uh, Jesus and things in the Bible. Mm-hmm. I'm totally fine with that. Yeah. But I don't, I don't want to be associated with very hateful people. And it, I guess, I don't know. It, it seems like a cowardly thing for me to say that I just... I don't know. It feels like the easy way out is just leave. <laughs> but then I feel like, no, this is kind of where I belong. Yeah. And then I come back. Yeah. it's. I feel like it's a question that all of us who are Christian or like are considering Christianity, like have to kind of consider is what is worth keeping, like whether it's worth kind of working from the inside to fix things or whether it's time yeah. to leave, you know? Exactly. And that's a debate I've had with myself many, many times. Each Mm -hmm. time I've come and gone, I would say, Mm -hmm. well, I could stay and be, uh, I don't know if this sounds selfish, like an example of how, you know, being Christ-like would be towards LGBT people. Yeah, I don't think that sounds selfish. Yeah, I don't know. Versus just saying, you know, screw this and then leave. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I I really, I felt spiritually fulfilled fulfilled excuse mm-hmm. me as a christian witch yeah that's that's when i felt the most fulfilled in my life spiritually mm-hmm. around what what age was that throughout my teen years and my 20s okay well um up until about 28 i guess mm-hmm. is when i started questioning and i guess before 28 i guess maybe I knew Hateful Christian existed, but I guess maybe I wasn't seeing it so much on social media and TV. That's a good point, especially, like, you're right, in the past few years, it's really come to the limelight. It's painful. Yeah. Like, as a bisexual and um, non-binary person, I don't want to experience that from fellow Christians, and I just don't want to be a part of it sometimes. Do you find that other religious circles you've looked into witchcraft paganism um judaism and oh yeah judaism buddhism have have they been felt more accepting to you when it comes to lgbt issues i i was looking into reform judaism and yes Uh that was more accepting buddhism uh it doesn't really seem to come up okay (laughs) i i don't think that's ever been an issue Especially because, well, I was thinking of a um, a bodhisattva in, Buddha, in Buddhism, which is a person who is about to obtain enlightenment, but mm-hmm. hasn't yet for the sake of all sentient beings. They want everybody to obtain enlightenment at the same time and then go into nirvana together. Oh, I love um, There's Yeah, it's a really cool concept. Um, but there's one who I cannot pronounce the name, <laughs> but... In Tibetan Buddhism, Mm -hmm. is known as Chenrezig. Mm -hmm. In Japan and in the East, she is known as uh, Kuan Yin. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it right. But but the point is, that's kind of actually a non-binary by gender or gender fluid. And I thought that was so cool. (laughs) Yeah, that is cool. Yeah. 
So I really like that. But besides that, no, it's never come up. Okay. Um, and Unitarian Universalism is pretty much social social justice, the religion. Uh-huh. <laughs> so very that's welcome. very accepting. So, yeah. Um, yes, it seems like everything else I've looked into has been more accepting than mm-hmm. most Christians are. Yeah. And though I do not, like, Episcopalians, they're affirming, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, at my the church I'm visiting, one of the priests is a queer woman. The other one is, um, he, he's a queer man. And I think he's actually married to the um, choir director. Oh, cool. Yeah. So it, it seems like a lot of people... And a lot of the younger acolytes and the people that are helping in the church are LGBT. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's, yeah. especially for a higher um, Anglo Catholic church, Yeah, which could be um, either or they could be very conservative or very liberal. Mm-hmm. This one's actually very liberal. So yeah. that made me very happy. Yeah. Does that help with, you said that you really feel a connection to God in there and stuff. Do you think part of it is just that you know that you're fully welcome? Yeah. It's like I get to experience all the Catholic spirituality that I loved growing up, mm-hmm. but in a more um, accepting church. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. But then it's hard to remind myself that this is different from the even the very um, aggressive evangelical right yeah. that we see in Christianity today. Yeah, and it because they have the spotlight right now, it is really hard sometimes to remember that there are a lot of affirming Christians out there. Mm-hmm, exactly. I, I often get frustrated um, and just like, I wonder a lot, like, why am I bothering? Why am I staying here? For me, the main answer is like, oh, I can't, I really like this Jesus guy, so I gotta stay. <laughs> But I another, I really like this <laughs> Jesus guy. Like, dang it, Jesus, you got me. I, I guess, yeah, I'm kind of committed to you. So I guess that means I got to hang out with these people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Was that what originally led you to sort of um, branch outward beyond Christianity? Or was there something else as well that kind of called you to do that? That's actually, that. it's good you asked that. And I appreciate that. Like, I don't want it to sound like I think that, you were just oh, no. running away from something. You don't you don't come across like that. Okay. Uh, no, actually, when I was younger, I was just, I guess, drawn to it for some yeah. reason. Kind of mm-hmm. almost in the same way I'm drawn to Christianity. It's the same feeling, the same mm-hmm. pull towards something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't even remember why or how. Mm-hmm. It was just, even when I was really, really little, I was very interested in magic and nature. I guess um, I was a little influenced by the show Charmed, <laughs> which is getting remade now into oh. a new show. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I was really into Charmed, and I guess um, I looked into it on the internet, mm-hmm. and I found there were Christian witches, and I was like, oh, that is so cool. Yeah. I want to be one, too. That's how that started. But the recent, um, I guess, jumping around of religions that was also triggered by um, the concept of hell, I guess. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was watching a documentary on how Judaism views hell, how um, Islam views hell, and how Christianity views hell. And even though I was a bit of a universalist as a Christian, mm-hmm. I was kind of 
drawn to how uh, Jewish people view it. Okay. And I I started to think, well, maybe maybe Judaism kind of fits my beliefs a little bit more than Christianity does. Okay. And I think that was the initial jump start to look into Judaism. And then from there, decided to look into a little bit more pagan stuff. Because I was, you know, obviously being in the witchcraft community, I was um, around people who were pagan witches who were accepting of me being a Christian witch. So I would see some of their beliefs and would think it was cool. You know, it was, I had no problem with their beliefs. Mm Mm-hmm. So then I guess I wanted to look into their beliefs as well and kind of jumped around from there, mm-hmm. <laughs> like church shopping. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome because yeah. while I personally like have felt like I am pretty solidly Christian, I love learning about other people's beliefs. So, And I was like that really ever cool. since I was little. I would go online and read all about Hinduism, Buddhism, Sikh, Taoism, uh, like name it, and I was looking into it just yeah. because I was curious. Yeah, there's always cool stories and wonderful wisdom in any faith tradition. So, yeah, and I think the last time I was at church, I was kind of sort of meditating during the mass, trying to think of like, because I guess as a when I was going to the Unitarian Universalist Church, I kind of had a concept that all the religions have a truth to them mm-hmm. all i think it, it may be a little bit blasphemous to say but i think <laughs> all religions kind of are inspired by god mm. it's just more how we interpret mm-hmm. things that it could there's differences between the religions i'm not sure how christians would view that but I'm, it probably depends on the Christian. I'm yeah, sure you know that's true. <laughs> the that's very true. far right conservative ones probably not as on board with that. <laughs> yeah, I think they would say no. Christianity, Christianity is the only way. Yeah. Period. Yeah, there's one verse from John um, that I know I've heard in seminary used um, to talk about believing that, like, sort of God works. I mean, I definitely think it's a good thing to believe that. You know. Christians don't have a monopoly on God. Um, the, exactly. The verse from John is something about how the Spirit blows where it will. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That we can't chain up the Holy Spirit and say it's not work, like that she's not at work um, among Buddhists or atheists or anyone that, yeah. that God's kind of all over the place. So I think that does make a lot of sense. Yeah, which is essentially what I believe that, you know, you can kind of find God wherever you go god's not gonna leave you yeah yeah wherever you kind of land and i'm kind of trying to tell myself that (laughs) like whatever i do decide to land on and stay with Mm -hmm. hopefully i'll find something soon Mm -hmm. um god will be with me yeah yeah that's lovely yeah thank you is it is it hard for you you said like you're you're hoping you kind of land on something soon is this questioning period difficult for you Mm mm-hmm yeah, it's filling me with a lot of anxiety, I feel mm. like. Why is like, that? I don't know. It's just the constant, I'm not satisfied with this. I'm not satisfied mm. with that. I don't know what to kind of believe in. Mm-hmm. And it gets tiring. Like, I'm I'm getting spiritually tired of doing this. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I also, like, indecisiveness fills me with a lot of anxiety, so I 
I get where you're coming from. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel right now. It's just indecisiveness is causing me anxiety. Yeah, like wanting to be able to make a commitment to something. Exactly. Yeah. I hope you're able to find that soon and that in the meantime, you're able to sort of find ways to have peace during the during the search. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I appreciate that. So is there what is there anywhere else you're kind of hoping to bring this conversation like yeah a little bit with the gender um with my gender i don't know sometimes i feel fine with being viewed as female mhm sometimes i don't at all yeah i feel <laughs> and that's that. a that's another thing that's providing me with a lot of anxiety sometimes i feel like i'm not trans enough so Oof. i don't like to identify as trans mhm because if I had to put like a number on it, I guess maybe like 60-ish percent of the time I'm okay. Uh-huh. Like I don't have any dysphoria. Um, I've, if somebody genders me as female, I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. And then there's that other 40-ish percent of the time where I'm not. Yeah. And sometimes I feel like that's like I'm not valid. Like that's not enough. Like, for either side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> like, you're, you're not trans enough and you're not cis enough. To, exactly. Yeah. That's exactly it. That provides me with a lot of grief sometimes. Yeah. I really, I feel that. I especially, I felt that way. Like, it was really hard for me to, like, sort of proclaim proudly, like, that I'm trans until, and it's it's really crappy, like, I kind of absorbed these messages, and I didn't want to, I didn't, like, I didn't logically believe it, but I had sort of internalized it that in order to be really trans, you have to medically transition, you know, you need to get surgeries, and you need hormones, and so it was only after I got top surgery, and like, now I'm on testosterone, that I feel more confident about identifying as trans, Yeah. But, but looking back, I know that before I got top surgery and stuff, I was just as trans. So like, I don't know if this is annoying or not for me to be like, you are valid, but I want to tell you that you are valid. And like, it it doesn't matter if you're only like 10, you know, like feeling like dysphoric or feeling, you know, uncomfortable by people seeing you as a girl, like 5% of the time, even that 5% is enough to you know, if you want to identify as trans, you can, you are, that's, because, yeah. thank you, I feel like that's, like, bisexuality, again, like, yeah, it society is. keeps trying to force people to pick a side, and is not comfortable with people being in any sort of non-binary state, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, you, you really hit the nail on the head with that, it reminds me a lot of also being bisexual, because, when I was younger, my mom was convinced I would be a lesbian. Mm-hmm. And a lot of my friends thought I'd be a lesbian mm-hmm. um, because I told them I prefer girls, uh-huh. like in terms of romantic attraction, and got bullied for that. Ugh. And I remember that clearly from when I was little. Yeah. And then ever since then, I really internalized this um, homophobia. Or biphobia, even, because I did mm-hmm. like guys as well. Mm-hmm. But this idea that I was straight. And then um, in my 20s, I was really involved with like 
LGBT um, organizations, but as like a um, almost like an aggressive ally. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. I am an like, ally to you guys, one hundred percent. I will fight for you guys, and I'm just like, yeah, yeah. And then eventually, I realized, you know, I had crushes crushes on girls even into my teen years, and even as recent as now. Uh huh. But I just view them as like, um, I don't know, I guess straight girls would call girl yeah. crushes. Yeah. So you're like, this is normal, right? Like, this is what yeah. all the straight girls are doing. Yeah. yeah. There's a couple gals being pals. <laughs> and I guess the same thing with being non-binary. I remember from being really little, um, being, you know, tomboyish, which, you know, mm-hmm. some girls are. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I remember specifically my uncle... Um, saying to me I had to wear a dress for something I I can't remember what it was Mm -hmm. and I asked him why he said because you're a girl and I said well I don't want to be a girl Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I just remember that from when I was little and even recently I was talking to a co-worker about uh, being diagnosed with um, polycystic ovary syndrome which means that I no longer get monthly cycles and I told him I was you know okay with that if I were to no longer ever have periods ever again, mm-hmm. I was totally okay with that. Yeah. And yeah. the fact that I had male hormones in my body higher mm-hmm. than a female would, but lower than what a male would, mm-hmm. made me really happy. Yeah. And I was trying to explain that to him. And he's like, well, do you want to be a guy? I'm like, no. I, and then I kind of added on to that, but I don't want to be a woman either. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he was very confused by that because I don't think yeah. he gets <laughs> non-binary yeah. uh, gender. But I was I was trying to explain that to him. Like it was, yeah. was kind of like I don't know, in a weird way, knowing that I had higher testosterone than the average female, mm-hmm. kind of almost made me feel validated as a non-binary person. Yeah, I mean that makes sense that it might feel like your body is sort of affirming what you know. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of felt like it was in a way, but I'm like, yes, my body gets it. <laughs> yeah, it it understands. Yes, it understands. I'm in, but be- <laughs> not in between. I'm, yeah, kind of in a way. So in a lot of ways, I feel like that's kind of perfect as it is. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't want any more mm. testosterone or to get any kind of medical procedure. Uh-huh. I think I'm kind of fine where I am now. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. But then again, that comes up with the, well, am I valid? I think the fact, like, cisgender people think that in order to be trans, you've got to want all the things. And when the trans community buys into that, it just limits our diversity, you know? Yeah. It's trying, it, it covers up the truth that so many of us, like, we're all unique. We all have different paths. This has been such a great talk. I'm, I was really excited to get to sort of hear, you know, what's meaningful for you, because I think all of us who are drawn to religion in any sort of way, we're all looking for something that resonates with us. Mm-hmm. That's very and true. I know, like, it's, I'm, I'm sure it's really rough, like you said, like, it's frustrating and kind of makes you anxious to be in this in-between time. Mm-hmm. But I do, I do think it's cool that you've had the courage to sort of look around and seek something that does resonate with you instead of just settling for what doesn't fulfill you. I hope it 
feels that way to you, you know, that you're, you're heading somewhere that you're gonna, you're gonna find what you need. <laughs> find something eventually. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, yeah, in a way, I'm kind of glad for this experience, because I wouldn't want to just be born into one religion and then just stay. Mm-hmm. I mean, if somebody else does that, does that, that's okay. Yeah. There's nothing wrong them. with that. Yeah, if it's um, really satisfying. But yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. But just for me, because mm-hmm. I've always had an interest in religion from such a young age, I'm kind of glad that I was able to not just study, but even try. Yeah. And even to try under um, great teachers. Yeah. Um, because at the Buddhist temple I visit, um, I studied under Lo Song Samten, who does a lot of great beautiful sand mandalas and Ooh. he was taught by his holiness the dalai lama oh wow that's yeah so cool. and he w- he came to philadelphia to open up the tibetan buddha center here mm-hmm. and just to have that opportunity is really cool you yeah know? yeah where if you had just sort of settled down you wouldn't have gotten to have that experience exactly and he's a really cool dude He's really chill. Uh-huh. And he he's actually a really good example of interfaith um, solidarity because he has a um, a little figurine of St. Francis right next to the Buddha. Oh, oh my gosh. I love that. Yeah. I love he's, that so much. <laughs> and he has a um, he's friends with a, uh, a Catholic nun. Oh, wow. I love that, too. Yeah. there. He, he's just a, a really cool guy. So just the fact that I got to meet him is really mm-hmm. great. Yeah. Are you um are you ready to wrap up? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I think the only thing I would like to maybe plug is my blogs. Oh, yeah. Specifically a post about the Bible and magic that I wrote. Yeah, please do. That's one thing I would like to do. Yeah, I'll make sure to include a link to um in the episode description. So cool. So um I guess I got incredibly frustrated by some Christians constantly saying you can't be a Christian and a witch at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just went on this like all night um, typing rampage <laughs> of um, finding all kinds of sources that I could mm-hmm. scouring through the Bible to find every instance of witchcraft being used or uh-huh. mentioned uh-huh. and kind of refuting the idea that you can't be both. Awesome. And yeah, I would like to link to that post because that's kind of like my pride and joy of Tumblr. Yeah, yeah I'm going to have to check that out. That is like, uh, like Christianity at its worst tries to sort of like, I don't know, homogenize everything and stomp mm-hmm. out different faiths. And it makes me so sad. Um, yeah. I've been doing a lot of digging into like Christian history this year and just the places where Christianity is most beautiful is when it's willing to let other faiths stand um, and live in that diversity instead of trying to pretend like everyone has to be the same thing. So it's like, there's a right way to do Christianity and there's a wrong way, Mm -hmm. which is another binary way of thinking. Yeah. So I set out to prove people, prove to people that you can be both a Christian and a witch at the same time. Yeah. That is so awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time to have this talk with me. It's been so fun. I love, I really do love hearing other people's stories and what they find in spirituality. So thank you. No, thank you. Um, This was an incredible opportunity to kind of 
just even for myself, like as a therapy type <laughs> uh, uh, session, it was kind of yeah. like just to talk things out and kind of yeah. like provided me with insight into my own story and what's going on with me that um, mm-hmm. I guess I haven't gotten a chance to actually talk all this out. And mm-hmm. this actually gave me the opportunity to do so. So I wanted to thank you. Awesome. I think it really is. It's so cathartic to just kind of talk about this mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. yeah. And then the last question I always wrap up these episodes with is if there's something you could tell trans people, um, either trans people of faith or in general, what would you tell them? Um, I think pretty much what you told me, that you are valid. And yeah. again, I really appreciate the fact that you told me that. I almost started crying. Oh, no. <laughs> um, no matter your gender, God loves you. 